and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the discovery and or rediscovery of Star Trek Geek Space Nine. With me, as always, is the lovely Peter Dancy. Hey, what's up, everyone? And the equally lovely Sarah. Hi, everyone. I have been home. And this week we talked about Season 2, Episode 6 and Episode 7, which would be Melora and Rules of Acquisition. So first up is Melora. In this episode, we meet, well, Melora, an Elysian who, uh, species, is, grows up in sort of a low-gravity environment. So on the regular, sort of normal Earth-gravity that is presented to most species, she has to use a wheelchair and uh, basically sort of a brace system to help her walk. Uh, she comes aboard as the uh, possible science officer, I believe. Or maybe she's supposed to be the science officer, we'll talk about that later. But um, she is very hostile to everybody who's trying to help her out, but Dr. Julian sort of sees through that and uh, sort of breaks through her tough outer exterior. In a very sweet way. Yeah. Our good Dr. Julian finally gets a girl to be interested in it. Oh my god, he in finally it. gets the girl. <laughs> <laughs> it only took two seasons. <laughs> but he finally a got season it. and a half. Close season enough. and a half. <laughs> I feel bad that Cork gets <laughs> attention in the next episode. <laughs> Julian and Cork about the same game level. Oh man, don't um, tell Julian that. I know, he's going right, to be so though. crushed. <laughs> it's gonna be so crushed but uh julian her spark of a, uh sort of a romance uh meanwhile julian discovers that he might be able to actually cure her of her paralysis gives her a few experimental treatments to see how she would uh do in regular gravity with sort of working legs and limbs meanwhile cork has an old acquaintance cut who uh, we sort of find out uh, got screwed over by Cork in the past may have ended up in a prison camp he's come back to get his revenge which involves uh, kidnapping, eventually kidnapping Cork as well as uh, Jedzia and Melora who happen to be in the area Kat, Jedzia and everyone get uh, on to a runabout when uh, we get uh, Jedzia turns off the gravity which allows uh, our good Melora to take over. Please her to feel that she's much more happy and comfortable and at peace in being in low gravity environments. So even though she'll have to deal with this process every other time, she'd rather still have her old life and we get sort of a, a little bittersweet moment with her and Julian at the end. So, what do we think of Melora? Well, as we... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Go Peter. Ahead. I was just going to say, like, like, like before like really diving into it like i'm just gonna repeat once again finally for julian like with how with how many different women he's like he's pine he's pined over and just been like oh you're so beautiful including jadzia but i'm but i think i'm i'm i think that's just like an ongoing thing because he just finds her beautiful and awesome but then again i mean who doesn't, doesn't honestly yeah, exactly. I, was, I was like right doesn't? right i'm just happy i'm just happy that for once for once julian like gets the girl so, so, so at, at least in that respect, even though it only lasted for one episode, I'm, I'm like, I'm just happy for him. I'm like, yay! 
<laughs> like Poor I Julian, he's been trying so hard. Right, but yeah, like so I, 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 I kind of wish that we could have gotten like, like we could have gotten like, like even if it was, even if it was just like a, like a facial like expression, like a little, like a little um, reaction from Cisco. It's like, how do you feel about this? Like, like with, with your crewmate, with with, you, with your crewmate who might as well be like, you know, kind of your like your nephew. <laughs> I was thinking more from Jed Zia. I'm surprised she wasn't more like, oh, you know. I thought we, I mean, it's probably nice that we probably didn't see any spark of jealousy in her. Yeah. It didn't go down that route. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, like, oh, I secretly loved Julian all along. It was just no, uh, like, oh. That would have ruined it. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that would be bad. So, thankfully, we avoided something like that. Uh, were you going to say something, Sarah? Well, just um, kind of. Uh taking a, a different route to discussing the episode besides Julian's love life, although, of course, we are all very proud of him. Um, but uh, uh, Also, just, can I just say, I said off air, yeah. zero-G sex just sounds awesome. Zero-G sex. Or lo- yeah, yes. <laughs> low-gravity sex sounds pretty great. Well, so. I don't know. I, I feel like you need some sort of hard surface to, like, press up against. <laughs> and, I don't know. The, the physics there seem like it but might But you could do it against, like, a ceiling up. or a wall that is true. or a floor. The ceiling. You can go anywhere. <laughs> Would be quite a novel experience. <laughs> the, the room is your oyster. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, zero G sex so, yes. swings. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, on a on a more serious note, uh, once again, we must praise Star Trek for dealing with real world issues in terms of aliens and science fiction. Uh, in this episode, we got to deal with disability, and um, in this case, it was not someone who was, you know, a human born with something that affected how they interact with other humans, but rather, you know, an alien who, because of the planet she came from uh, this affected her living in the quote human world or in a human friendly environment but for all intents and purposes this was of course an allegory for disability and I thought it was handled beautifully and gracefully and at the end of the day she you know could adapt to the human world if she wanted to but because it would mean she could never go home and it would fundamentally change who she was she didn't and i thought that was great and very good decision on her part yeah I... it's a, it's an interesting one yeah for you know a lot of people who are blind choose to remain blind even though they can maybe get corneal transplants or things like that same with the note uh deaf community has sort of an interesting parallel between like the whether you should get cochlear implants or not and so it's sort of a, a neat idea to show that uh you know there can be pride and a disability which is very interesting mm-hmm. uh, it's not uh, a disability in a sense for a lot of people it's sort of a strength or a character feature or something like that so you're right in that sense I did like this episode but I don't think I liked it as much as you did overall no, I, that's, I, that's I, fair I, I agree with that I agree with that in, in like in, in, uh, with well at, at least with you Sarah like, and um, uh, when, when, you, when you talked about how Malora decided decided to decided to keep to like to, to to remain to remain herself at the end be, because because for me because because for me it, it reminded me it reminded me of uh, of, um, of 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 soul of soldiers in our armed forces who come, come back who come back from combat and they and, and they are wounded and, and they are wounded in some in some way and and how and 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 and, and I know I know for me uh, having having grown up in an army background 
um, so so it's kind of like at, at least at least some, at least sometimes at, at kind of at the forefront forefront of my mind. Um, see, uh, seeing and hearing the stories of of, of soldiers who take what who take what has happened to them, and and ha and has made and has made it a, made it a positive for like for, for like for like encouraging others for for uh, for, for, for motivation, um, like re like really making it a a, a, po a positive thing because because they because they realize because they realize that that where that where they are now is. Is, is is part of them that 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 experience is now part of their life and they and they are able to take it and and, t and they're able to take it and and and, and, I, and like kind of i, I don't i, I don't want to say surpa surpass it but uh but but have it have it become part of them and, and grow with it and and and, and that, that that that's that's how i saw M uh, malora's final decision to say you know what i could i i, I could come to what to like actually walk on, like uh, they'd be able to like walk and be mobile and be and be okay in, in okay in much of this realm that I exist in because of my work, but that's not who I am, and that and and and, and in some way that's not exactly that's not where my strength lies. Totally, and I think it's interesting too that it comes like Sarah says from uh, something alien, which is a thing that's very interesting. Uh, it's sort of the joke about Star Trek that uh, they travel across the galaxy and happen to meet a bunch of humans who look like they have makeup on. Um, mm. But <laughs> there is something interesting that Star Trek will explore sometimes of what happens when someone grows up in a completely different environment, confronts someone that doesn't. Uh, this one of the best original series episodes it involves them dealing with a monster made of silicone instead of carbon, and what that uh, how that's completely different from uh, our regular view of the entirety of organic life that we know of right. um and and this episode is very interesting to say okay well someone was born in a low gravity environment what does that mean and that's sort of this interesting idea that you're cut off from the world just because of uh, the limitations of your upbringing which is very interesting yeah i you 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 said it all ben <laughs> sorry <laughs> well let's uh let's talk about uh Melora herself who's uh Played by Daphne Ashbrook, which I would like to note is has sort of the uh, nerd credit of being one of only two actresses to appear in both uh, Star Star Trek. Ugh, I forgot what I was <laughs> what I was reviewing. Second. Words uh, to be in Star Trek and Doctor Who. Oh really? Who was she in Doctor Who? The, I knew she was the Doctor eighth Who. Sarah's gonna flip. She's the eighth companion of well, the companion of the eighth Doctor. No way. The, uh, one from the TV movie. Yes. So she kind of got a bad rap in terms of like she got to be the companion for what was supposed to be you know, a TV movie to start up Doctor Who but didn't end up you know going uh, along as planned. And then uh, she was supposed to be actually the main science officer on this show. But um, they found out that the zero G stuff was just too expensive. But they wanted to still like use her story at some point, so that's why they made this episode. Ah, uh, okay. Originally, she was supposed to be the main science officer because they wanted to. They liked the idea of having a handicapped officer being one of the main stars. That would have but, been uh, super interesting. Right, because it's kind of continuing right. a thing. Um, uh, Gene Roddenberry got a uh, letter from a guy named Jordy who was blind, who said, "Oh wow, he loved the show and he." would love the idea that in the future his blindness would no longer 
make him not be able to say be on the Star Trek Enterprise. So he made a blind character for him. Uh, of course, Jordy LaForge, who was blind but had a visor that could allow him to see infrared vision. Um, that is the coolest so thing. I yeah, love that. that. Nice. <laughs> so that's what I love about the representation matters. That is yeah. really cool. <laughs> it's a it's a cool thing, yeah. And so I think it was sort of trying to continue on that gene. Uh, he, he passed on by the time the series started, but I think he was trying to pass on the, the same inclusiveness gene always believed in. But it just didn't work out for the show in terms of like, especially the zero G stuff and right. the, and just the wheelchair getting on set and everything, which just didn't really work. So mm-hmm. they still want to have that character. So I feel bad that she gets two different times she was going to be on a big major sci-fi show, but just uh, didn't just know didn't it. But she's got out. the nerve. But I would like to ask you trivia question: Who is the other actress? She's a main cast member on a Star Trek show, who has also been on Doctor Who. Oh man. I feel really bad for not knowing this immediately. Uh, I didn't know immediately until I saw it recently. I do not know. Who has it been? Not a visitor. Thank really? You, mm-hmm. What is she in, in Doctor Who? She's not telling me Doctor Who. She's in Torchwood, though. She's in oh, Torchwood. Okay. Miracle oh. Day. Yeah, she's in the Miracle Day special of Torchwood. So. Huh. Yes. She is, cool. but that is part of the Doctor Who universe. As is, this is part of the Star Trek universe. Indeed, so that counts. indeed. So yeah, uh, she's uh, one of the two. So, yay! That is very cool. I might have to go back and watch that. I wasn't a huge fan of Miracle Day, but I will watch it again. It's not either for not a visitor. <laughs> as will I. As will I. Oh, maybe this is just a YouTube clip. So yes. Yes. <laughs> well, what do we think of her performances, Melora? Now that we're done with the trivia. I liked her, and uh, I liked her interactions with Julian, um, you know, from from her side as well. And um, she sort of did the transition well between, you know, being the sort of passive-aggressive, angry person at the beginning and then learning to depend on people, as Julian put it. And, uh, you know, she was quite sweet and relatable in a way. Yeah, I uh, I think she was honestly my problem with the episode. Okay. That's my controversial opinion. Um, That's fair. I thought she was just didn't really do a good job. I thought of sort of balancing the two. I think she was fun, but I don't know. I think she was. It's just I don't know. It's it was too. I don't want to use the word whiny, but it was too kind of petulant for me to get behind really, and so that was sort of why this episode kind of left me cold. I really never kind of connected to her character. I like the idea of her character a lot. Mm-hmm. And I agree the representation stuff is awesome and sort of the thematic undertones really interesting but uh, yeah this one just didn't really work for me for that reason it just felt like a lot of 90s kind of um, similar you know like episodes a uh, very special episodes would kind of be the thing you know where you like do a whole episode on paralyzed uh, handicapped people or you do a whole episode on AIDS or something you know and it's like it's just a little too cheesy and a little too preachy and I feel like this episode kind of fell into that too much for me i think it still had a good message but it was just it's just kind of crossed that line and that's fair that's, um, that's yeah, totally that's fair. fair i um i don't disagree with anything that you're saying i think i was just more receptive to it maybe i guess right you were just more or m- more forgiving of it totally totally yeah i think that's fair i think you know if the representation means something to you or someone you know it's like you're gonna like it a lot more than, mm-hmm. than other people or, or kind of forgive it for anything you might not notice of it. Yeah. 
Peter. So, uh, I'm sorry. Is Peter, is Peter there? Oh, no, yeah, I'm here. Okay. okay you were just quiet like, for a while. For I was checking on you. Oh, no, I was just listening. <laughs> Duh. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Not much else that really happens in this episode. Uh, we get to meet uh, Klingon food and the Klingon <laughs> restaurant. That guy was really great. Yes, I loved that was him. Great. <laughs> I loved really him sort enjoyed. of singing Klingon opera or whatever at the end there. It was sort of, it's like something I was not expecting. Oh my gosh, I <laughs> loved him. So funny. And I also did enjoy it. That was a good Malora moment. I'll give, I'll give uh, Daphne credit for that one. Her... her Chewing out him and, and asking yeah. for fresh Rothtok instead of, you know, li- dead, half dead. Just so much more tasty, of course. Right. Obviously. <laughs> Which I think was nice. It showed how she's uh, kind of made her own way in the world and, and has a lot more uh, skills than maybe people give her credit for. Which I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need, more, I, uh... we need more ethnic restaurants on the promenade i love it i agree <laughs> yeah and i was also very proud of both her and julian for you know presumably actually enjoying klingon food it's good to watch uh, non-kling non-klingons not turn up their nose at klingon food not only that but to eat it on purpose and enjoy it i think that's that's cool usually you see people going and going like give me a break what is this just worms or something i don't know what but they're like oh right. yeah well we want this we want this i don't know it made me happy <laughs> yeah it was it was cool to see that uh julian didn't just go Ugh. he just kind of went all right let's try this let's do this yeah it's like, okay this is a thing we're eating it <laughs> uh I just want someone to show once one other race to have like food that looks awesomely delicious to me, but I guess that's what the point is. Because so far mm-hmm. we've seen both Cardassian food and Klingon food, and neither looked that appealing. Yeah, I want to try that blue soup though. That was that was that, that, that was oh, yeah. soup, the Cardassian right? soup. Yeah. Right. No, they just gotta make so it look like extra foreign for it to be alien, and I guess in doing that, it's like, well, you know. Make it look unlike anything that is on our is is on Earth, and that's mm-hmm. probably gonna that's probably gonna like lean more towards intentionally goopy looking. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about what they had to like, uh, what that stuff tastes like. You remember the uh, the food fight scene from Hook? Yeah. Oh my tasted- god! Yes. I feel like they must have just tasted like shaving cream, but it looks so good. Mm-hmm. It looked like rainbow <laughs> sherbet or something. Right. Yes, exactly. I hope it tastes. I always wonder that. I'm like, does it taste anywhere good, or is it just like, <laughs> don't get it in your mouth? It's just shaving cream. <laughs> it was probably like whipped cream or something edible. With food coloring. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of food coloring. Mm-hmm. What I love is, I feel bad. There's a scene in um, Social Network that made me kind of realize. Like how you shoot films is kind of crazy. Like a little thing I didn't notice, but there's a scene where like a guy's take a bite of this giant double decker hamburger, and then he like spits it out, and you realize, oh, he's like do that take thirty times. Yeah. <laughs> so, like he oh, has to like wow. keep eating food. It's like acting's weird. Mm-hmm. Acting's a weird job. Acting. <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully they didn't have to eat the worms. I guess in this episode they just had to look at them. Yeah, Julian ate one. We saw him definitely. Did eat. he really? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it probably wasn't actually a worm, though. It was like a, you know, gummy something or other. But still, it went in his mouth. (laughs) Well, well done, uh, uh, Alexander Siddig, for, uh, if you you did eat real worms, I'm proud of you. That's a tough thing to do. Old boy ate, he ate, the guy, old boy, he ate a real live squid. Dude's hardcore. Yeah, and he's a vegan, too. Oh, no. Wow. Oh, no. He used to pr- he prayed over every single uh, uh, squid before he ate it. It was uh, very nice. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, I'm getting off on my trivia tangents. Is there anything else to say about Melora? Mm, I think we're good on this episode. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a pretty solid episode. So mm. next up is Rules of Acquisition, which is, of course, a Ferengi episode. Hooray! The great return of Grand Negasek. And uh, as well as the, our first view of a female Ferengi, which we will get to. So, the episode starts with Jadzia and uh, the Ferengi hanging out and playing uh, a very interesting kind of card-slash-risk game, seems like. Uh, and her, of course, winning. Uh, the uh, Quark tells her that uh, on their planet the women are subservient. They aren't allowed to wear clothes, they aren't allowed to read, they aren't allowed to leave the planet, which of course means that we will see a Lady Ferengi. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, classic, Great uh, foreshadowing. classic foreshadowing. Uh, meanwhile, a new uh, understudy waitress uh, named Pell starts to inform Quark about a few things he can do to scam his bar matrons. Starts to get his uh, Bar patrons. Yes. <laughs> Not bar matrons. They're very different. Oh, oh sorry. Did I say matrons? I meant patrons. <laughs> bar patrons. Uh, when he gets a call from who else but the Grand Nagus himself. Grand Nagus arrives to tell Quark that he wants him to go to the Gamma Quadrant and talk to an alien race, the Dossi, to get 10,000, well, it starts out as 10,000, but eventually 100,000 vats of a special kind of wine that only they make. Uh, meanwhile, Pell sort of gets in on Quark's game, becomes his assistant. They go down to Dossi, where we discover... Well, we discover earlier that Pell's, in fact, a female Ferengi who has unfortunately fallen in love with our dear Quark. And, uh, in a Ferengi version of Mulan, does not know how to tell Quark that she, that he is a she, and, uh, she loves him. After she attacks him <laughs> in a bit of passionate rage on, uh, Dossie, we discover that, uh, Quark cannot buy 100,000 vats from the Dossie, because they don't have that many, but they could buy them from the Dominion, which I do know is a big part of Deep Space Nine. And you sounds, how much. Of, and of course, because it's called the Dominion, sounds super ominous. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't think there'll be a peaceful thing. Oh, um, but uh, it'd be funny. The Dominion, where love and harmony reigns. Rainbows um, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned that. Uh, in fact, the reason Zex sent Quark out there was not to get the wine. It was merely to establish a connection with the Dominion, which run the Gamma Quadrant. And, uh, sort of a shadowy organization we don't know much about. Meanwhile, Rom discovers that Pell is, in fact, a woman and reveals this to Quark. 
Who promptly faints. Uh, hell, <laughs> who promptly faints. Oh, yeah, in the middle of his bar, of all places. <laughs> we didn't get that great moment in Mulan where you see um, the, uh, the, the guy in that film... Uh, watches gay panic disappear from his face which is amazing yes there's a great animation where you see him go oh i'm not gay yeah oh, okay <laughs> i was very confused <laughs> i was dealing with stuff there <laughs> <laughs> by the way i love that you had zia a nice little gay moment that uh, was zia great was totally cool right though with pal in love with quark when she thought she was a man that was really yeah she's cool. like you love quark it's okay you know we can talk about this but he doesn't even know i'm a woman you're a woman you're a woman <laughs> it was great very nice like progressive like moment. that was a like that was a wonderful well this changes everything i thought up till now for the past few days <laughs> it was so lovely it was yeah. such a lovely little moment uh, I love the trail. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, fi- <laughs> so. I mean, I mean, in that situation, I figure, I figured that Jadzia would be like the, like the person to totally be okay with, consi- consider, considering how, considering how with the with with, with the Dex symbiote, uh, she she she's she's been both she's been both a man and a woman like, set like seven or eight times at this point. So it's like, okay, I've been both I I've been both genders, whatever. Exactly. Exactly. She's she's well beyond uh, the hangups. <laughs> yeah. I think. None for her. As we learn to, uh, uh, when she talks to Kira later, which we'll mention. Uh, dot, dot, dot. So, Quark does discover that Pell is she. Uh, and uh, he goes to the Grand Nagus, where Pell also reveals her true identity. Zek initially threatens to put uh, her and Pell in prison, but ultimately realizes that he would also look foolish for doing business with a woman. So they sort of get to a stalemate. Pell is allowed to go to the Gamma Quadrant and sort of establish herself there. She invites Quark to come along, but sadly, he cannot. He must run his bar. But we know that deep down he loves her, and he does indeed kiss her as well. So we do get a nice little aww Quark moment. Yeah. yeah. So that is uh, Rules of Attraction. Rules of Acquisition. <laughs> I mean, that might have been right. part of the idea. Uh, what do we think of this episode? I liked this one more than I liked Melora. Um, there Agreed. was there was more comedic moments, I guess. Yeah, it was a comedy one, but it wasn't goofy. It was it was exactly sort of well earned comedy. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Yeah. And uh, and we got to see a female Ferengi for the first time. I was beginning to wonder if we would ever see a female Ferengi. Um, and uh, I'll be honest, I was surprised with that reveal. Um, I uh, I did not see that coming. No. Oh really? Did I? Uh-uh. You didn't see that she was going to be a woman. I, did. no. I don't know why. It's, it's, uh, I guess I, it's the frame. She was so small. I, I was kind of like she. I mean, I, I just thought she was kind of like a young geek Ferengi who went around memorizing all the rules of acquisition and that's you true. know if there's that's a true. Ferengi yeah. version of a pocket protector, he would have one. <laughs> yeah, like I, 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 fig, I figured that you that you know of that that her. That what she told Dax her original angle was was like or or was or was it um no yeah I think she told Dax like like her original angle what like was was simply to was, was simply to acquire profit like I figured that I just was not expecting the angle of 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 Pell wants profit because she's a woman like I was not expecting that yeah it's it's, it's cool that it's uh, a woman who wants to make her own way in the world and uh, I'm curious if this will start a trend for for female rights might be a, i could see that being an issue in ferengi going on future you know what i mean mm-hmm. like uh 
more women wanting to be in control or possibly taking control without them realizing it and right. what that will mean for the Ferengi in the future. I could see that being... Since the Ferengi are now seeming to be a more prominent race already this season. Right. Already going in. Yeah, I mean... I think... I think my confusion, though, like, it, it, in regards to Pell, comes comes from me just wondering, like, 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 if... If Ferengi women are not are not allowed to wear clothing, if they are not allowed to acquire profits, if they are not allowed to leave the planet, how in the hell did she pull that off? I think that's just part of the mystery, but I think it's yeah, part of what makes her so good. You know what right, I mean? Like probably she is, one of the like she is better that good. Like to, to like yeah, to, totally. to be able to do all that and just rattle off the the rules of acquisition, just to just do it. But but even but even so, I was just but even so, I'm sitting there like, how did she get here? Because that's what I find most impressive. Well, I hardly think that she's the only female Ferengi who feels this way, and oh, it wouldn't no, surprise totally. me if there's this whole underground network of like Ferengi feminists who you know supplied her with these fake lobes and the correct, correct sort of clothes and things and yeah Maybe i hope i hope you're right ben that there's uh more exploration of for females in ferengi society Maybe that's why she wanted profit. She wanted it. She wanted that. She wanted profit. So she could go back to her home planet and be like, "Boom! Let's like let's start some shit." Mm-hmm. It could be. It could be. It could be part of her motivation, or she just wants to prove herself. I mean, it is I mean that too. Yeah. Thing. It's like you know, it's again like it, there's a lot of Mulan in this. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, oh yeah. It's similar thing. She wanted to prove herself to her ancestors that she could be powerful and brave and fulfill sort of her cultural identity. So I think it's part of her feeling that she needs to per- perform her cultural identity. And that she's not just happy being a basically sex slave on Faringar and being more than that. That she mm-hmm. has the capacity to be someone. I think it's very interesting. I also really enjoyed the Dossie in this episode. They were oh my yeah. God. Very, they were very old TOS style aliens. I agree. <laughs> Simple makeup and totally ridiculous. <laughs> really fun. And when when the when uh, the female Dossie walks in, am I interrupting anything? Like like she like even she was like whatever. She was cool with it. She's like okay, these two Ferengis are doing the do whatever. Yeah, yeah she's like, should I come back later? No. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Like I like do you I want me to been, like. I thought she was going to make a joke like, I'm not going to join you or anything. (laughs) You know, I'm almost surprised um, Quark didn't make that sort of assertion. But A, I think he was too thrown off uh, by by the fact that a seemingly male Ferengi was kissing him. (laughs) I like, too, during that scene where... uh... Uh, she she doesn't want to like go to bed or reveal herself, so then like she just starts listing off rules of acquisition <laughs> to distract him. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm tired. Forget the rules. Forget the rules <laughs> for like five minutes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very cute episode. I also did enjoy. Uh, did you guys enjoy Gen Z in this episode? We got a, a sort of interesting thing with her and also Kira, where Kira's getting flirted with. Uh, by the Grand Nagus. He's taken quite a liking to Dear Kira. We get sort of a funny little run, runner in the episode with that. And such a wrong way. As well as way. Jedzia. Oh with their constant uh, flirting from Quark. 
The Negus sends Kira like a really nice earring, <laughs> and I was I was yeah. impressed. It was actually quite beautiful, but she was like, "No, I don't, she, I don't yeah, want she, it." Yeah, she was like, "If I accept this, this is saying so much that I don't want to say." Mm-hmm. It's true. I'm getting off on another trivia tangent. I'm sorry, but this is an interesting story. But I heard an interesting story from. Um, uh, she's from Pitch Perfect. What's her name? Anna Kendrick. Uh-huh. Um, she basically had this interesting story about how she gets like a lot of gifts from strangers, like as a dating, you know, tactic or whatever. Sure. She's oh, like, I have to weird. just throw them all away because if you take any of them, it's like, you, you know, you're you're doomed. You know, yeah, you can't that's... take any of them and just say no thanks. It's a, that's what Kira had to do. But it's you're right. The Negus put in some effort. And I do like. <laughs> He's such a gross, wonderful, gross person. Like, Want to have sex? She's like, nope. Okay. Slap. <laughs> right. At least get an ass. I'm like, really I'm still surprised she didn't like punch him or something after that. Oh, I'm sure she wanted well, to. But I... just has so much fun with mm. this role. I really. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure she wanted. So much. I'm sure she wanted to, but then I, but then at the same time, I think Kira also realizes she's like, I am not going to punch the punch the leader of all Ferengi. I am not going to punch the leader of all Ferengi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she's just repeating We're that. I'm not going to start that craziness. <laughs> I also really enjoy. Um, <laughs> really enjoying. Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but the Grand Nagus is very tall uh, uh, server helper dude. He's just got a really nice gait and walk and facial expressions that make me laugh. And just like just fit, just just very matter of factly just 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 hands just hands the gift to to uh, Shakira just like here. What is this? Hmm. What is this? Hmm. And like like that's it done. Like just take it, and then just and then, <laughs> uh, then and then uh, and then just as abruptly just leaves. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy him. This uh, actor named Tiny Ron, who's known for that because he's seven feet tall. Oh my oh, wow. god, he's a very t- he's a very tall man. He's uh, from Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, actually. Oh, uh, he's Rock in uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. You'd recognize him from Google. So. Yeah, one of those guys from our childhood. Yeah, probably. So, is there anything else to say about uh, rules of acquisition? I, I no, but 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 I'm but I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I, I, I love how I, I I love how they at 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 the at the end when the when the Negus when the Negus was like I'll report you and I'll report you and they're and like I didn't know ignorance is an excuse and then and then they were like okay well what um, okay well what if what if we tell on you I didn't know ignorance isn't an excuse dude yeah what did you what did you just say five seconds ago and he's just like <laughs> shit. <laughs> That was that was great. That was a very good job by Quark. That is nice. That is nice. Like I said, she's very clever. She's very very clever. Oh, like I yeah. said, any uh, woman who is interested to escape Ferengar must be dangerous for mm-hmm. any other planet. Which again, Man. makes me very curious. We'll see uh, Pal or other female Ferengi in the future. So they will be very interesting to deal with. Certainly. I, if if. It- if 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 any if anything I I I think that I think that's one big reason why what why Quark, at least at least has at least has some feelings for Pell because 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 Quark is very is very much about swindling his his patrons, in what in whatever sly way he can keeping them from winning so that, so he gets so he gets more profit so I, so I feel so I feel that at the very least, he he himself was, 
more than just a little impressed by her and uh, by, by her and, and, and everything she managed to pull off. Definitely. He just totally. could totally. never admit it. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think he was feeling attracted to him, her at the time. Like when he didn't know that she was a woman. I, I think that was uh, definitely somewhat evident in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are we good on this episode? Yes. Yeah, uh, I will say the more I see, you guys are going to hate me for this, but the more I see Ferengis, uh, the way their heads are shaped, the prosthetics and stuff, they kind of look like E.T., and it's freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> I did not see that, but now I will never not see it, and I love it. Oh, no. You see one of those super long arms. Oh, that would be, okay, that would be weird. <laughs> Maybe, maybe they're like a you know more evolved version of whatever alien race ET was. Because I mean, <laughs> ET came to Earth in like what the nineteen eighties or seventies, and now uh, you know Ferengis. This will be several centuries what later. If, what if ET was just uh, Ferengi, and then they misremembered what they look like? Maybe. And that was really our first contact. <laughs> um, I'm fan theorying this whole thing. Had Canada done accepted. it now? Excellent. <laughs> there is a book, by the way, of the Ferengi rules of acquisition. Yes. By Cork. Is there though? So we may all need to buy this book. <laughs> I uh, I think I need that. May need to buy this book. Just saying. All right. Well, next episode will be uh, Necessary Evil, which I do know is a. Uh, uh, sort of interesting episode with Gold Ducat. I don't know much about it, but just know it's um, one of the more famous episodes. And then we also have Second Sight, so that'll be our next episodes next week. In the meantime, as always, I want to thank our my lovely co-hosts Sarah and Peter. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at cptn underscore meatshield. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can check out all of our shows at tuscanshed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It does help us find new listeners. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace9 signing off. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.